Well, welcome. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. It's Mother's Day. It's a little dreary outside, but that's okay. God loves me anyway. Um, but I'm glad that you're here this morning. Um, who is glad to be here? I, around our house, we call Sunday, Sunday, fun day. And listen, you don't have to have a mimosa to make a Sunday fun day, I promise. All you need to do is you need to come to church, and get your little worship on, and then you've got yourself a Sunday fun day. Listen, I want to welcome our Lancaster campus. Hey, hey. And if you're tuning in with us online or you're catching us at a later time, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you chose to plug into this community. Uh, my husband and I have been here for about a year and a half, and we have just been so blessed by all of you. And I mean, this is just a special place. Can I say that? I mean, just the authenticity that is here is just amazing. God is constantly doing new and fresh and awesome things here. So we're just excited to be a part. Um, like Pastor Tim said, my name is Jessica Castles, and I'm Pastor Trey's wife. And I'm a stay-at-home mom at this stage of life, and we have three boys. Jude is eight, and India is six, and Phoenix is three. So we, we, are, we call ourselves the circus. If you ever see us walking around, you probably would agree. And if you ever, you know, wonder what it's like to live with four boys in the house, I mean, you hear phrases like, don't pee on that, or stop farting on your brother's head. That was Phoenix, my three-year-old last week, farting on his older brother's head. I mean... And then um, I found this, this little secret, and maybe this might work for you, um, and probably if you have kids 10 or under, but I found that if you work the word poop into any sentence, you're instantly their favorite person and you're the funniest person alive. So I kind of use that tactic if they're mad at me. So, um, But I, who's loving this series? I love talking about relationships. I love learning about relationships. Um, I love learning what God's word says about relationships because it says so much. And listen, we're all in relationships. Even if we're not in an intimate relationship like marriage, we're all in relationships because we were designed to just have this desire and this gravitational pull towards relationships because we were created in his image and God is a relational God. I mean, he desires to be in relationship with each one of you and with me. And that is just such a cool um, place to find yourself. And Kevin talked last week about marriage. If you didn't grab that message, you're going to want to go check it out. A lot of practical information, if you know what I mean. Um, so I, I love what he said about marriage. He really defined that many times in culture, uh, culture really defines happiness as the end goal in marriage. But what God says about that is his end goal is oneness and unity. And that really stuck with me. And I, it, it actually had me thinking this week. I was trying to process you know, what this looks like in my marriage. Maybe there's times in my marriage that I haven't exemplified the oneness that God really wants out of Trey and I. And I was trying to figure out maybe what are reasons that that happens. And, and I kind of came to the conclusion that um, more often than not, one or both of us, maybe at the same time, have just had an identity struggle within us. We've really just questioned, who am I? And like, what are we doing? And where are we going? And so we, we constantly have this like identity pool where we're thinking, am I enough? Like, it, it was what I do enough? And here's the thing about identity. It's multifaceted. 
It has several layers, but if I could put it real simply, I would say that it's your self-concept. It's really the concept that you have of yourself, the way that you view yourself, the characteristics and the attributes that really define who you are, that make you, you. But we live in a culture that just really inundates us with things that we need to be. I mean, you log on to social media, you look anywhere on the internet, and you're constantly seeing ads that say, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna be pretty, here's what you need. Or if you wanna, you know, have a certain lifestyle, here's the kind of job you need. Or if you wanna, you know, be a good mom, then parent your kids this way. Or if you wanna just be a better person, then here's what you need to do. And I struggle with this because I look at myself and I'm like, well, uh, am I just not enough? Because culture is constantly putting this in our ear that we need to measure up to the standards of culture. So then we start adopting these expectations and making them our own. And we just feel like it kind of cheapens our identity and who we really are, who God made us to be. And so, I don't know about you, but I question this all the time. I mean, I'm a wife and I'm a mom, um, and, and relationships really draw out this, this big identity gap for us, the expectations that we have for ourselves and what culture puts on us and who we actually are. I remember when I, Trey and I dated for seven years before we got married. And um, then when we decided to get married, I remember thinking like, oh man, like I'm me and he is him. He's got his things and I got my things. And now we have to be one. Like we have to kind of merge our identities together and kind of do this thing together. And I was really just afraid that I wasn't going to do it right, that I was going to misrepresent him or he was going to misrepresent me. And I was just afraid. And I, I remember thinking, I don't really know who I am. Why am I doing this? And then when I became a mom, which, by the way, happy Mother's Day, all you mommies. I still get called mommy, and I love it. It's probably not going to last for much longer. Um, Mother's Day is kind of like that day that moms are like, yes, it's that day that I don't have to do laundry and dishes and cooking. But what we really all know, that means that we're just cleaning up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I'm waiting for my boys to get to that age. And really, Pastor Tim said this, and I don't want to just drive by this. I don't want to gloss over it. But I want to recognize that Mother's Day is really not all sunshine and rainbows for all of us. Um, maybe you, you've lost your mother, um, and you're just, more than anything, you would love a conversation with her today. Or maybe um, you've lost a child, and you would really just like to gain back time so you could be with them today. Or maybe you find yourself in a position, in a season where you're struggling with infertility um, or, you know, in this stage of life, you're just not able to be a mom. And what I want to say to that is that God sees, God hears, and he ultimately satisfies, okay? And that's really where we're going to be landing on today. Um, but in the, in the area of motherhood and identity, I just, I, I wrap so much of myself into being a mom right now. It's just, you know, where I find myself, I'm, you know, have to be involved with my boys, and I'm constantly taking them here and there, and I just pulled in, feel pulled in so many different directions. And I think with identity, we think it's like, it just has to deal with us. I mean, like, just leave me alone, I'll figure myself out, just give me some space. But really, the truth is, identity really involves everybody around us. And what we don't realize that starts happening is that when we're needing to feel 
satisfied or validated or loved or affirmed or in some way, we pull in these relationships and we ask them to fill those spots in our lives. And I know as a mom, um, you know, sometimes I put my kids there. They don't, they're not even mature enough to know how to make me happy. But they sense that, like, if I'm unhappy, that it's their fault. Or maybe in my marriage, when I'm just not feeling like I'm doing a good job and I'm just kind of floundering and I don't really know who I am and I don't know if I measure up, then I find myself asking Trey for compliments. Or I'm asking him to fill this need that I have, and he was never intended to fill that need. Um, I, I found myself in a little bit of an identity crisis about four and a half years ago. Um, my family and I are from Texas, and we, we were born and raised there. We grew up there. We had a church family. We had, um, you know, f both of our families were really tight-knit with both sides of our families. And we had, at the time, we had a two- and a four-year-old. And I was really happy. And I thought, this is the way my life's going to look. And my grandkids, like, we'll all be here. And we're going to do this. And, like, have my job. And my husband had his job. And we were just going on with life. And then we started kind of realizing this undercurrent of God moving and really God just solidifying a few things in both of us. And what that resulted in was us moving up to Ohio. And that was really foreign to me. And I'm pretty sure when I married Trey, um, it said, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, but not, nothing about moving across the country. Like, I told him I'd follow him wherever he go, but I wasn't serious. But... We found ourselves being uprooted, being put into a place where I knew no one, no family, nothing. And I felt like I had to be strong for my husband. I had to be strong for my kids, and I didn't really even know who I was. And so I found this, this identity crisis, and I was just, I felt unhappy because I wanted to be strong. And I, I looked around, and I saw all these people that had unshakable faith, and I'm like, I am not there. And it was frustrating to me. And maybe some of you relate. Maybe, maybe you're single and you find yourself in the dating game. Or maybe you're like in high school or junior high and you're just figuring out who you are. And then you start getting in a relationship and you're just like, I know who I am. And then you step into a relationship and you're like, okay, maybe I didn't know who I was because now I'm with this person. Or maybe you've been in a relationship for a long time or you've constantly had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. In some circumstance, some aspect, some variable of the relationship changes and you've wrapped so much of yourself into that person, into that life, and then all of a sudden you find yourself and you're like, I don't know who I am without that person. Or maybe you're a mom or dad with young kids I mean, this is such a physical stage, and you're just, you're constantly going and doing, and at the end of the day, I mean, you just find yourself, I just want to be with adults. You don't really know how to have a conversation with adults, and you go out on a date night, or, you know, go have fellowship with adults, and you're like, I am really awkward. <laughs> or maybe your kids have gotten a little bit older. I found myself a little bit in this stage right now, and your kids start driving. They've got their own group of friends. They've, you know, got their support system, and then you're kind of like getting yourself involved. You're trying to find something to do because you're not needed as much anymore, and you're like, man, I've wrapped so much of myself into my kids, and now I don't really know who I am. Or maybe you're retired or find yourselves as empty nesters, and your kids are almost on their way out, or they've been out for a while, or maybe you've, you know, this is kind of a role reversal. You find yourself taking care of your parents, and it, it causes this little 
oh, I don't know about this because they've always been the one that have provided and taken care of me and now I'm taking care of them. Or, you know, you've invested 25 or 30 years of your life into your kids and in your family and I've got this job that makes this money that gets them into the activities they need. I've got them going to their colleges and then you find yourself and you're sitting next to your spouse saying, who are you and who am I? I mean, we kind of all find this, our, ourselves in this place where we, we ask really who we are and we're all looking for something. We're all striving for something. We're trying to hit a mark and we just find ourselves asking, I don't really know who I am. And culture doesn't add to this at all. I mean, it adds, in fact, it probably adds more noise than it does good because culture tells us, you be you, you do you. And I hate this phrase because I'm like, I don't know how to do me. I don't know, what it, I don't know who I am. And, but what we're going to find today is that God says, find yourself in me. That's really what he's going to be speaking to us today. Um, because really about identity, if we have no solid identity, if we don't really know who we are, and if we're not really thriving, then how can we ever expect our relationships to be solid and to be thriving? You know, um, there's actually a, a story in the Bible about a, a woman going through an identity crisis, and Jesus takes an opportunity to have a conversation with her and just really um, speaks into her. It's very intentional conversation. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to John 4. You can um, get your electronic devices out, or it'll be on the screen as well. But really, let me give you a little background of what's happening in John 4. So Jesus had just walked about 20 miles. He was tired, and he was hot and hungry, and so he, he sits down at a well, and he's about to get a drink. And the disciples had left, and they had gone to the next town over because they wanted to get some food, and so they kind of leave Jesus by himself. And as Jesus is sitting there, this woman approaches the well, and she's bringing her containers and her jugs to fill herself up with water and, you know, get, get all the things that she needs to square away her house for the day. So she gets there, and um, Jesus starts a conversation with her. And he asks her, can you get me something to drink? And she's like, you are Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to be talking, because back then, Jews and Samaritans were just at each other's throats for like 700 years before this conversation even took place. So there was long-standing bitterness and animosity, and it was just a culturally taboo thing to talk to a woman, a Samaritan. And not only that, he was a male talking to a female. And then in several areas of the scripture, it, talk, it refers to Jesus as a rabbi, which is a Jewish teacher. And the strictest laws for rabbis were that you can't even talk to your wife. You can't talk to your daughter in public. <clears throat> so he finds himself sitting here alone with this woman, and he initiates conversation. Can I have some water with you? Can you, get, can you bring me some water? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, because if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water because I can give you living water. She's like, mm, tell me more about this living water. So we pick up in verse 13, and it says, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I mean, she just didn't get it. I mean, we actually have the, a bird's eye view of this, and several of us have heard this story before. And if you haven't 
Read the rest of it. It's got a happy ending. But so many of us have a bird's eye view of this. We have the advantage of kind of knowing what was going on in the story. But she just, in that moment, she just had no clue what he was talking about. I mean, she's like, uh, can, I, can I have some of this living water? I mean, because that sounds pretty nice. And what Jesus was doing was he was identifying a deeper need. She came to the well and she had this physical need for water, but what Jesus was doing was identifying for her a deeper need. So we pick up in the conversation in uh, verse 15. It says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming draw, here, draw water here. And he told her, Go call your husband and come back. Um, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Now this is kind of weird. I mean, like, wasn't he just talking about water? Now he's talking about husbands? He's, like, switching gears, and what he was doing was he was really pointing out to her the place that she was going because she was thirsty and she was filling it with relationships. She had a deeper need, and she was using the relationships to fill the need when Jesus was calling her out and saying, really what you have is a spiritual need, and I can satisfy that. And we notice here, I mean, like, that he's really calling her to a higher standard because really what anything that we elevate above God is a sin. And that was the first commandment. This Samaritan woman was very well familiar with the Ten Commandments. And I'm not talking about like gods, like a statue sitting in a temple of another religion. I'm talking about worship. And I'm talking about this space in our lives that we're striving to be. And what God, what Jesus is saying right here is I can fill that. And he's saying, anything that you strive for more, that you, that you learn, look for more, that you search for more, that you're asking to be filled for more than God, is not really what I want for you. He's calling us to a higher standard, because anything that we elevate above God is a sin. And this woman, she was, I really identified with her, because she's like, can you give me some of this water? Because have you ever lugged these things around? These are heavy. Like, I'm looking for indoor plumbing. Can you hook me up, please? And... So she was looking for the quick fix. She just wanted to put something in that gap that would just make her feel whole. And I, I really started thinking about this because so many times in my life, I am looking for the quick fix. I'm looking for a quick fix. I don't feel good about myself, so I'm going to go post on Instagram, see how many likes I get. Or I'm just going to go talk to my husband because I know he'll tell me I look pretty. So many of us are just looking for this quick fix in what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes is God has set eternity in the hearts of man. And really what this means is that God, when he created you and me, he created us with this spot that needs him and that wants him. And that he gave us this spot that would get us into relationship with him. But so often, and so many times, and I'm so guilty of this, we, we put other relationships there where he was intended to fill. He has eternity in our hearts, and we choose to fill it with finite earthly things. And so what was interesting to me was that this same conversation that Jesus was having with this woman of the well, God actually had in the Old Testament like hundreds of years before this conversation happened. In Jeremiah 2, um, Jeremiah is actually a prophet of God, which really is a fancy way of saying he's like God's mouthpiece. So God would give um, his prophets a little word, and then they would go to whoever God was sending them to, 
and he would speak this truth. And God sent Jeremiah to go to this people called the Israelites. They were God's special people. He was in relationship with these people. And what had happened was that they kind of checked out on him. So he was sending Jeremiah to really speak some truth into their lives. And what he says in Jeremiah 2, verse 13 is, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. He's identifying himself as living water just like Jesus did. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And again, we're not talking about actual water here. They weren't talking about water at the well. And they're not going to talk about water here, what God was using. I mean, he gives us this wonderful picture, a picture that the Israelites very well understood. But, you know, we don't have cisterns. So really, it's just a cistern is a shallow container of water that was dug out of rock and what it did was it just held water when it rained. I mean, there was a rainy season in this little area that they were in. And when it was raining, they would have the cistern to hold water because there wasn't a, a source, a, like a, a spring. And what God was saying was, you've turned your back on the eternal source, the source that could give you constant, continuous, flowing water, and you've now turn to your own labor to dig your own cisterns to try to collect your own water. And this was such a picture to them because he's saying, you've turned your back and you've started digging. Why are you digging if you've got it right here? And I mean, this was just a profound conversation. And guess what? This is the awesome thing. God was having this conversation with the Israelites long, long ago. And God was having this conversation with the woman at the well, with Jesus, 2,000 years ago. And guess what? He's having this conversation with us today. We are in conversation with him. And this morning, he's asking us, where are you drawing your water from? And I mean, like, long, long ago with the Israelites, he's saying, you've turned away. And with the woman at the well, he's saying, you're trying to fill. But with us today, he's saying, where are you drawing your water from? I mean, God is, it's almost as if God is saying to us, I know you have a lot of things to be, and I know you have a lot of roles that you're wrapping yourselves up in, and I know you're pulled in, I don't know how many directions, being a wife, a mom, a, a dad, a worker, I mean, an employee, an employer, I mean, all these things were pulled in so many directions, but what he wants to say is, are you finding yourself in me? Because that makes all the difference. And here's really a really important part, you might want to write this down. Where you draw your water from changes your identity. Where we draw our water from changes our identity because, listen, we have cisterns over here. And we talked about this gap in our identity about who we are and who we feel like we want to be or who culture tells us we want to be. And these cisterns over here, they fill the gap for a while. They're temporary. They were only designed to be a temporary source of water. And in this patch, they were just broken. They didn't even hold any water. And a cistern is shallow. And when we find ourselves over here digging a cistern in life, we have a shallow identity. And guess what happens over here? Our happiness is then determined by our circumstances. And when I found myself moving away from everything that I knew, I was unhappy because of my circumstance. And what I really needed to know was that I could have joy because I knew that God was calling me into a better place. 
And so, I don't know, maybe over here with the cisterns, you're, you're digging your career and, you know, you're just kind of etching away your career. You're trying to make things work. You're making money so you can do this and that. And, and you, you, want, you really want importance and respect. Or maybe you're, um, you know, find yourself just being a mom or a dad and you're just investing so much of your life right here into into your kids and your life and listen these aren't bad at all it's okay to have relationship goals it's okay to to really invest in your career but we have to ask ourselves the motivation behind why we're digging are we digging to feel satisfied over here because really um, Jesus is when we, when we he offers this water to us and we're not taking it he's saying you're digging yourself a cistern and it's dead end. Maybe like in your marriage, you're just not feeling love the way you want to be loved. And so what happens is you go searching and you go digging for other areas that God does not desire for you. Because rather than what Jesus has to offer us, we're digging our own cisterns. We have this, this, we have this choice. God really gives us this choice between going over here and digging cisterns or really just tapping in to the living water. And that's a beautiful choice that we have. Because when we're over here and we're, we're taking drinks of this constant, continuous source of flowing water, what we see is that we are investing ourselves and we're taking on God's identity, then he closes that gap for us. And he does this Every time I, I, I encounter God in a way that he just closes this out, because guess what? He erases the expectations I've put on myself. Because God doesn't expect anything out of you. He wants a relationship with you, and he loves you for free because he sent his son Jesus to do that. He takes away those expectations, and then that, that baseline identity that, that you feel like you are, He's given you all of that. He's created you exactly how he wanted you to be. He's given you the circumstances that you faced to just really instill who you are today that made you stronger. And he uses all that and he raises that up and he uses it to make him famous. So when he's up here and he's erasing those expectations and he's raising you to be who you really are, he's closing that gap. And that's so freeing to live in there because when we find ourselves in here, we're living in a deep identity. One that cannot be shaken. I know that I look around and I just, I always want to be, you know, a person that is not defined by my circumstances, that my happiness is just isn't going up and down like a roller coaster, but I find myself just getting a drink and then I'm satisfied. And then in, the, in that, we are unshakable. We have an unshakable faith. And I know, you know, you might be thinking, Jessica, I don't really know how to do that. I mean, like, that sounds really up here. Can I just say, coming to church is just one way. One way to take a drink of that living water, that eternal source. I know for me, when I wake up on Sunday mornings and um, I get the kids ready by myself because my husband's up here, um, it can be a little difficult getting all, all of us wrangled together and I'm yelling at them all the way to church. And I find myself thinking, I just need a drink. I just need a break. 
So when I drop my kids off at X Kids because they take care of them, they love them, they instill God's word in their hearts, I can come in here and I can be in community, lifting my eyes up to him because I come in oftentimes just with my eyes down. I'm, I'm really bad at doing this. I've really failed in this way this week. But when I step in here and I get into worship, I'm just filled. It's like taking a drink of the living water. And I know this sounds churchy. Another way to really tap into that source is being in the Word of God every day. Every day. And I know that's easier said than done because, listen, it took me so long to just carve out a time just in the busyness of life where I could just be in God's Word every day. But you know what? When I read this, I know who I am. Because God tells me who I am, and he erases those expectations that I've put on myself. And I'm able to really clearly see who I am, what I was created for, how he's going to use me, and I'm filled. I tapped into the living source, I'm filled. And just another way, and this is not for everybody, but listen, I talked about how culture just puts all this noise in our ears. And a couple months ago, I really just felt like my identity was living too much in some cisterns. I was finding my identity a little too much and just what everybody thought I should be, how I should act and what I should do and how I should parent and I shouldn't do this to my kids and all this, all these things. And so I decided to step back from social media and can I tell you, it got quiet. I'm talking about quiet in my head. And it was so freeing for me because I, I didn't realize how loud it was. I didn't realize that there was so many voices inside me saying, you have to be this, you have to be this, you have to measure up to this. And when I turned that off, I had more time in here. And when I was in here, that's when I started to really realize who I was. And this is a constant ongoing thing. This just doesn't happen overnight. Because I'm constantly learning that when I go here and when I'm engaging in worship and I'm building relationships that point me to Christ, I'm taking drinks of the living water. And that's what he wants so much for us. And listen, God never intended our identity to be filled by created things. These cisterns, we put all of our labor into these cisterns. He never intended it for for it to be that way. But he intended to be filled by himself, the living water. And listen, God never intended for our identity to be marked by patterns that continually end up in dead-end fulfillment. But he intended us for it to be marked by himself. That when people look at our lives, they can know that we have had a drink from the living water. And what people see out of that is love and joy and peace And really what that means is just unshakable. And that's what I wanted for my life. I wanted to to show God off to people because when my circumstances were just less than stellar, I wanted people to say, she knew God. She knows God. She's got it. So many times I desire to be that way. And so many times I just, I fill my head, I fill my life with all these expectations. I'm not measuring up. But whenever I'm tapping into this, I'm tapping into into the source of water, I'm enough. And that is so freeing is when we're told we're enough. And so everyone out here, the moms and the wives and the dads and the employers and the employees, you are enough. 
God wants you to know that today. Maybe God is speaking to you today about maybe where you've been finding your identity in. Maybe you've been wrapping yourself a little too tightly around the areas of your life that you really feel like you're important. And that's okay. We all have roles. We all have things that we have to to do and people that we have to be. But what God wants for us is to find yourself in him. Because our identity, if our identity is found in him, in the living water, then our relationships are going to reflect that. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are, the source of living water. And God, whether through worship today or whether through it was something in your word, I pray that we would be able to tangibly grasp onto something that you've revealed to this morning. That we can just think about the rest of the week that we can hold on to the rest of the week. God, help us. Help us to find our identity in you. We love you, Father. Amen. Hey, thanks for letting me be here this morning. Let's get her to God's word.